You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everyone, this is Mike. Uh, the Fin Fans Podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. All right, and tonight I've got with me Jim Johnson. Hey everybody. And Louis Ragon. Hello, Dolphins. I hope you guys are excited. We've got a game coming up this weekend. Woo! Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was really convincing, Jim. <laughs> hey, yeah. it's the it's NFL first week. It's going to be exciting, right? It's going to be exciting. It absolutely is. How can we not be fired up, right? We've got uh, the worst offensive line in football, but uh, we've got somebody's got to have it. We've got Yosemite slant, Sam slinging the football for us. So yeah. say that fast three times and see if you can do it. No, Yosemite <laughs> Sam slant, <laughs> slinging the football. There seems to be some confusion among the masses. Are we tanking? Or I should say, we are tanking. That seems to be the thought process. And I, I think that people don't quite understand what a rebuild looks like. This is a rebuild. This is not a tank job. A tank job is when you go out and you play a game to lose. Okay? You go out and you throw the game. You see a team go out and throw games, they're tanking. You can't say the Dolphins are tanking right now. You haven't seen them play. They are rebuilding. They are gutting the roster. They're rebuilding a foundation. They are acquiring draft picks to build that foundation. And they're going to be, if they play their cards right, a better team for it. The idea is to accumulate draft picks, bring in young talent, identify a quarterback, whether it be Rosen or whether it be somebody they draft, and um, build yourself a roster that can compete for three to four years. And then you reassess and go from there. This team's not tanking. They're going to go out Sunday and they're going to play to win. And they may be successful, they may not, because they don't have a lot of talent right now. But they are going to play to win, and I honestly believe that. Um, And I think you'll see that throughout the course of the season, unless Flores loses the locker room. If that happens, then you know what? The players may not care, and, you know, it may get worse before it gets better. Uh, But even if that happens, that's not necessarily a bad thing because it will identify the players that really don't need to be here. So uh, with that, there's been a million roster moves this week, and and a lot of that brought on the talk of tanking. And uh, Lou, why don't you tell us what's happened? Well, let's go back to the tanking comment, Mike. I mm-hmm. don't think it's the proper word to use. Uh, tanking is exactly what you said when you go out and you play to lose games. You know, you run the ball three straight downs and punt the football. Yeah. And then you, 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 you make defensive calls that don't make any sense. There's a big difference between tanking and uh, can we use the phrase uh, draining the swamp? Or can, you know, we, we, we should go in the, what we should say is. It's is, a tear down and rebuild. It's a tear <laughs> down and rebuild. And what they're doing is, is they're looking forward. And I think that with the roster moves and, you know, you, you just mentioned that uh, the trade, I think, upset people the most. And then there were a few other moves that, you know, fall behind the trade. But, you know, the thing about Tunsil is this, is that, and I've said it all along. I remember in an earlier podcast, I said, I want to see this guy become a Pro Bowl player and become one of the dominant left tackles in football. 
Okay, when you get the amount that they got for him, because Stills, as far as I'm concerned, was just a throw-in. When you get two first-rounders and a second-rounder for a guy that hasn't even made a Pro Bowl yet, I think it's a great deal. Um, It's going to hurt us initially, but in the end, just think about the next two years and what we're going to have in regard to the accessibility of draft picks and the amount of quality, quality players we're going to be able to bring in here. So... You know, when you talk about tanking, I think that, it, you know, it's 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 a business decision. And um, I don't think tanking is part of any NFL game. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but I have never seen it. I see teams go out and play their asses off week in and week out. I don't know if I've ever seen it in the NFL. If I have, then I don't remember it in in any way, shape, or form. Uh, teams have done what we are doing this year. Uh, it does hurt. Well, you suck for luck was a good example of that. I mean, they were still trying. They were still going out there and playing to win. They were coaching to win, but they didn't have the talent to do it. Absolutely. And, um, you know, so I, I want to have Jim talk a little bit on this before we move forward. I don't want to go into the rest of the roster moves, but let Jim, you know, have a uh, say in regard to uh, Tunsil? Tunsil trade. Yep. Yeah, you guys have covered the whole tanking thing. And like you say, Mike, I mean, the players that are on this roster, they're looking at being successful themselves because they either want to stay with the Dolphins to see this rebuild through, or they're looking for next year's contract. If you don't play well, you're not going to get paid. Correct. So so players are not going to buy in to throwing a football game. Don't, you know, don't make that interception. Don't break that pass up. Don't tackle that guy. You know, I might get hurt because that's not going to make their paycheck next year. So the whole tanking thing, you know, they're not going to intentionally lose games. They're going to go out. It did look like Nick Needham was tanking in the preseason though. Well, he was put in a very bad place and he was not ready. So yeah, he was, he was making, he was making some bad plays, no doubt. Uh, but they're going to go out and they're going to try, they're going to, you know, they're going to, individual players are going to be looking for next year's contract or next year's what have you. They're going to want to win games to make them look better, their portfolio better. And the same with all the coaching staff. So the tanking is just not really, it's, it's really a bad word, I guess. The press is absolutely ridiculous. uh, Just ridiculous. The local beat writers have taken this whole Tunzel trade personally and everybody wanted to, you know, we'll, we'll go into this whole Tunzel trade thing. Um, I initially was mad as well. And we spoke about Tunzel in our podcast. What are they going to do? Are they going to keep them? And we were all thinking that we should be building around Tunzel. Now, considering our whole front office is basically uh, from the Patriots staff, you know, the Patriots don't, pay offensive linemen big Not giant long they don't yeah big giant contracts you know they might buy them for a year but they just they don't do those five-year hundred million dollar types of things and that's what tunzel is going to command so if you know you're not going to pay tunzel that giant contract in a year and a half's time he's going to walk away and maybe you get a second or a third round compensatory pick as he walks away or you take advantage of a team that's desperate for a left tackle. And that's exactly what we did. We got two first round picks, one in 2020, one in 21. So that that gives us two first round picks 
you know, this coming draft in 20 and two in 21. I see no downside to that moving on from a person that you're probably not going to be able to re-sign anyway. So I think it's all good. The other thing to keep in mind, Jim, is is the Patriots, while they've had Nate Soldier and they've had some good people on the offensive line, they don't generally prioritize having great players on the offensive line. They, they can get by with good players, uh, not great players, uh, because it's a quick passing attack. Uh, you watch Brady, you know, 2.2 2. 2 seconds, the ball's out of his hand. You don't need the best lineman for that. You can get away with that. And I think that's uh, also in their uh, part of their mindset, you know. They don't prioritize it as, as much as maybe some other teams do. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right, Mike. They don't they don't prioritize any any position on the field with the exception of, you know, the the main constant there is Brady. Past that, they make linebackers, defensive linemen, safeties, corners, all receivers, running backs all the way across the board. They constantly replace people. So it's not only with the offensive line, they do that as a whole with the mm-hmm. except that one constant there is Brady. Now, you know, the other factor in regard, in regard to Tunsil is this, is that the coaching staff has had him the whole summer. They've had him through the preseason. And maybe they just felt that, you know what? If we can get that amount back in return for him, it's well worth it for us. Maybe they just didn't feel he was ever going to be that dominant left tackle. And like Jim said, he wasn't going to be worth the amount of money that they were going to have to pay him. And this goes back to what I said a few minutes ago in regard to business decisions. It makes sense. You're getting a bunch of young players in return for a guy that maybe the coaching staff, listen, we're not in practice every day. So we don't know what they're seeing. We don't know what their thoughts are on certain guys. So you have to trust in them. And I've said this over and over again during our podcast as well. You have to trust in this coaching staff's decisions because you know we don't know any better than they do. We're not spending time with these guys every day on the football field. So obviously there was something there. Whoa, 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 whoa. I just want to interject. What do you mean we don't know better than they do? <laughs> well, sometimes it seems like we might, and other times not so much. But I can tell you this about Tunsil. He is an excellent pass protector. He is. His his, his history shows that. I think he allowed one sack last year. So that's that's damn impressive. Uh, but as, as impressive he, as he is pass blocking, he's not quite as impressive run blocking. And uh, Flores has said he wants to run the ball. So maybe that factored into their decision. Right. That's, you know, going back to what I just said. So, I mean, you know, again, it is what it is, Mike, you know, in regard to the trade, it's done. We move on from it. We trust in the coaching staff and people that are going crazy over the fact that we're tanking and that we're, you know, we're, we're giving up our best players. There's a reason behind everything and let's trust in them. Now, if they give us reason not to trust in them, and we look back on this two, three years from now and say, my God, what were we thinking? You know, it is what it is. But for now, well, as yeah, as exactly. fans and, and as people that somewhat know the game of football, you, you know, you have to go with what they're doing and think about the draft next year and how much fun it's going to be for us as Dolphin fans. The amount of young talent that hopefully we have in here drafted. I mean, it's going to be incredible. We, we've got what? How many picks 
over the first four rounds, a total of seven. Is that what it is? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, that's incredible. It's two incredible. Firsts, two seconds, two thirds. Yeah. And and a fourth, or do we yeah. have two fourths as well? I don't know. No, I don't, we, traded, I, we traded one. Now, I don't think one. they're going to keep all those picks. They may use some of those picks to move around the draft board. Yep. It's Regardless possible. of that, you know, they're going to be getting players that they want to have. Absolutely. That's, Absolutely. that's the key. And the, uh, the one main thing I'd like to mention with this is most all of the things that they have done be it player contracts or trades or cuts or what have you, it's they all of their deals have been high value. When you move a player that you may, you know, think is good, Tunzel was a good player, but when you look at the value of those first round picks compared to what you say, you know, in two years time, you can't re-sign Tunzel. You're not going to get any value in return other than your one compensatory pick. So this maximized the value in what you're going to get in return, and that, and that's why I like the deal. Yeah, I don't, if you lost him in free agency, you'd have got a third-round pick. Right. You know, I don't like losing good players, but if you're going to lose them anyway, and you look at the deal, you know, there's no guarantee that Tunzel is going to sign a long-term contract. So they could have given up the two first-round picks, and they may not be able to keep him. When exactly. his contract is due, that's the that's the sad thing for the for the Texans. And the question is, is he worth all that? I mean, in my opinion, there is no way. I mean, would you guys, if if you were the Texans, would you make this deal? Would no you way. do it? No I way, wouldn't. Jose. No way. Exactly. And then you got a second rounder on top of that. All right. I mean, come on. Well, there, it's, that's a today move. You know, they're they're playing for today. We're looking at tomorrow. And, you know, it's two different philosophies. It's it's two different philosophies, Mike, but there's you still have to weigh the value, okay? Regardless of whether, you know, you're looking at two number ones and a number two for a guy that hasn't made a Pro Bowl yet. They, they overpaid for the guy. We got more for him than Khalil Mack in regard to the Bayer Raider trade last right. year. Khalil, Khalil Mack is a premier defensive player. He's an impact player. He changes games. Uh, and we got more for Tunsil than they did for Max. So, you know, that's the way I'm looking at it. I mean, I, you know, I wasn't happy about him getting traded like Jim said, but again, when I when I saw what we got for him, put a big smile on my face. Of I course. was like okay with it. So, um, we should probably move on from this because we've spent about 15 minutes on it already. Well, you know, everybody got upset at that. They got upset when Nate Orchid was cut. Uh, I, I don't know why that upset people the way it did. He's, he was a journeyman. He had five sacks in his career. This is not, uh, you know, Jason Taylor that, that, that they cut. <laughs> right. You know, people overreact. And I think everybody, like you said, just needs to chill out and let the process play itself out. They know what they're doing, whether we understand what they're doing or not. Exactly. The Taylor move is the one that I was the most surprised about and, and the most upset about, to be honest with you. Me too. Tunsil I was upset about until I realized what we got in return. The Taylor thing to me just didn't make a lot of sense. It just didn't. I liked him as a player. And I know we, me and you talked about it, Mike, during the week in regard to he just didn't fit into our scheme. But my goodness, I mean, well, on that no, he was a little know. bit out of shape. They said now, how okay. true that is, I don't know, but that's what was said. 
Yeah, gotcha. well, he was coming off that injury as well. So, right. you know, yep. there's like we've talked about, you know, they're seeing everybody every day in the in the yes. building on the practice field and you know, who in the knows? right scheme, I think he's going to be a good player. Evidently, this wasn't the right scheme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He made a lot of, you know, he made some impact plays for us. Any other moves you want to discuss, Lou? Uh, well, let's see. What were the others? Kiko Alonso, I was thrilled about. Bye-bye. See ya. I've had enough of him. <laughs> you know, the stirrup move, I was happy for one day until I found out that <laughs> they put him on the friggin' practice squad. I was like, son of a bitch. He's coming Can back just-, just to haunt you, Lou. Oh, man, that guy, you know, but... You know, other than that, Mike, no, none of them, you know, the Kenny Stills move, we knew that, you know, he his days were well, done. Yeah, he burned his bridges with the owner, and that, that once that once that day passed, I knew he was gone. It was just a matter of when. Exactly. So, and you know what? We've got enough talent, I think, at wide receiver. This is going to give Preston Williams a lot more opportunities. It's going to open up the door for him. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, listen, going in the next year, this is exactly what we want. We know what Kenny Stills brings to the table so what do you want you want Kenny Stills out there every day for the next 16 weeks or do you want a Preston Williams that you're like hey you know what guys wow we actually got a number one or number two receiver whatever he turns out to be as a free agent and we don't have to address one of those two positions if we have to address the wide wide receiver position at all in the draft next year so I'm happy about that and we're trade. Paying it opens him the door. Five hundred thousand instead of ten million. Exactly. Listen, it's again, it, Mike. We can just keep referring back. It's business. It's that's football. It's business. We can't take moves personal. You know, it's that simple. I think they're doing what's best for the team, and I think that a year or two from now. All Dolphin fans across the board are going to be very happy with the direction that this team's going in. We've been treading water for how many years now? 20 years? Yep. It's just I mean, funny to me, Lou, because everybody was so upset with Tannenbaum because he signed and kept players that were underperforming their contracts. And now these guys come in and they say, whoa, these contracts are you know excessive. These guys got to go. Yes. And now everybody's upset about that. Right. Well, you can't have it both ways. Agreed. Agreed. I agree with you. Yeah. When, so, when you look at our win-loss column over the last 20-some years, it's pretty average at best. And, you know, we've been 6-10 and 10 or, you know, 9-7 and seven or 8-8 eight and eight or just just mediocre at best. And we keep trying to plug an Indomitian Sue in or, a, you know, a Robert Quinn or somebody like these players. Mike Wallace. Uh, Mike Wallace. We, oh, you go on yeah, and on, L.B. and Wheeler. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's it's one mistake after it's, another, after another, after another. And, and we look yep. at those deals and we're like, we paid how much for who? It just never made sense. And whether we like it or not, this is a new direction. So... Let's see where it goes before we condemn it. Now, were you disappointed that we didn't get Clowney? Well, uh, not really, no. I, I've i never been a big Clowney fan. Uh, I was a little bit intrigued by the thought of having him on the defensive line disrupting the quarterback, but I wasn't really you know, upset at all that we didn't get him. I'll take the extra number one instead of him, Mike. The guy didn't want to play here. That's the thing. I mean, do you do you want a, a malcontent on the team? A guy? No, that not just, at all. But he, assuming that he, you know, I mean, I, I wasn't really factoring that aspect of it. I mean, were you? You're saying ups- right? Uh, were you upset that we didn't get him? Forget the reasons. If we would have just gotten a number one pick, and that would have been that, 
Maybe so, but the point it, it, the point of the matter is is we got two number one picks, right? And so you, we gave we you're happier the way it turned yes, out is what we, you're saying, right? And we gave him up in the process. I'll take the two number ones. Period. Yeah, yeah me you too. So especially next. Listen, next year's draft is supposed to be extremely deep, so it's going to be a good year to have a lot of draft picks. So. Uh, you know, I, I listen. I'm ecstatic about it. I can't wait until this season. <laughs> <laughs> no, not on opening weekend. Us. You well, don't say that. <laughs> well, I, I'm say for. I, I'm saying. I'm saying that because I want to see what this coaching staff I know what has you made. Mean. You're up. looking forward to it. I, I want to see Preston Williams. I want to see what what Drake brings to the table this year. I want to see. Who develops if Dieter develops? Um, you know Baker yeah. on defense, Fitzpatrick. I want to see if we have that foundation among the players that we're you know we're we're high on. And um, like I said, like I mentioned, the coaching. And that's staff. why they're keeping all this youth because there is the possibility of them blossoming. Yes. And for as many guys as you can get to blossom, those are less needs you have to address later. I don't see with the amount of uh, draft picks we have, I don't see it taking us four or five years, Mike. I I think I think they've expedited it. (laughs) I mean, beyond, beyond in regard to the moves that they've made. They've expedited this to where my thinking is, is that this year is going to be a struggle the following year, we're going to start playing some pretty good football, maybe even around 500 football. And then the following year, we're going to be a playoff contender. That's how I think it's going to progress. So I would probably you know. agree with that yep. because I think that you are really going to change the core of this team next draft. Absolutely. The next and, two and, drafts. Well, yeah. no, I'm saying next draft because that's when you're going to get your quarterback. If Rosen's not it, that's when you're going to, you know, Pick in the few pieces you need on your offensive line. And no, we don't need a complete new line. You know, you've got Davis who can play. You've got uh, the rookie they just drafted who can play. They got this other free agent, Calhoun. We'll see about him. But the point is they've got a little bit of a foundation there. They just need to fill in some pieces, and you'll you'll see a difference. Uh, I I do think they need a new center because I don't think Kilgore is going to be a long-term answer. Right, we've uh, talked about that. Yeah. Before. So, but my point is, they don't need as much as people think they need, especially they really on the defensive side of the football. Especially on the defensive side. Uh, so, yeah, I it's agree. not going to take as, as long as some people are saying. Uh, it really isn't. Uh, well, they've got the ammunition now. You mentioned the quarterback, Mike. Why we're on the subject of, uh, you know, people in regard to the website, you know, Facebook site. And all the complaining right behind the Tunsil trade was the fact that Rosen isn't starting. That's all I read was over and over again over the fact that, you know, Fitzpatrick got the start over Rosen. So let Jim let Jim comment on that. Well, I wouldn't be uh, too inclined to throw Rosen into the fire with an offensive line that you've just recently thrown together. I would be much happier just letting Fitzpatrick play out a few games and trying to see if that offensive line is going to gel a little bit. Let Rosen absorb some more NFL, some more, you know, the speed, the, you know, the playbook, all of the above. And can he... He needs to learn all his hot reads. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I mean, to, yeah, you're not he, he played against some first, you know, first team defense in preseason. Not much, but some. But he saw the vanilla first team defense. 
He's not Correct. going to see the the misdirection and the, the surprise, you know, rusher and things like that. So, you know, to throw him into the fire against Baltimore, who has a top 10 defense, uh, granted that, you know, I'm glad that, you know, Terrell Suggs isn't, isn't coming around to destroy our offense again, but uh, he's still not, I don't think, quite ready for that. He had a bad situation in Arizona, and he's coming into one that's probably just as bad here in, in Miami. So I'm perfectly fine with Fitzpatrick getting the start, and just like we mentioned two months ago, you know, plug him in after the break in the you know the the fifth game. Well, if that's if that's when they decide the time is right, I don't think there's a steadfast nope. rule you have to follow. I think you go by the player yeah. when he's ready. He's exactly. Ready. We've got to see him play, and we've got to see what he's made of. You know, is he the guy? Can he be the guy? But we don't have to see him game one. And I have a hunch they already know. I think they already know. They've seen him every day for two months. I really believe that they already know. Uh, you know, they may like to see him play under, you know, live bullets, so to speak. But they they just, I think they already know what they plan on doing. Now, and that's not to say he's not the guy, but odds are they're going to draft their guy. Yep. I, I, I agree with you, Mike. I think I'm right on page with you on that uh, in regard to they've already made a decision. I think they've seen enough of him, and I think that they're definitely drafting a quarterback next year, especially now that they have two first-round picks. I think it's it's inevitably going to happen that they're going to take him. I think they've seen enough of him, and you know they they they're like, you know what? I don't know if this is the guy. I mean, I I hate to be negative, um, but I honestly believe. Well, Just I don't. I, I I think that's the direction they're leaning. I don't think it's a closed book, though. I think no, they're going to no work means. with them. I agree. No, yeah. you have to. You don't have a choice. You yeah. want you want the guy to to possible. I mean, it'd be great if if he did, but. You're not going to get a true evaluation of the guy in games. You're just not. Not unless this offensive line right. surprises the hell out of all of us. And right, I which is exactly why there's no reason to rush him. Exactly. And it, there, there really isn't. Because what we're going to do is we're going to see a lot of what we saw last year. And, uh, you know, in Arizona, in regard to Rosen, you're not going to see much of a difference because this offensive line could possibly be worse than theirs was last year. Well, you know what, Lou? You may see a little bit of a difference, and I'll tell you why. He is learning uh, more aspects of the defense than he understood. Possibly, and the coaching coaching may be better as well, yes. Right, that's my point. There are a few factors that favor that, you know, to where he'd be in a little bit better position. I wouldn't say it would be a significant difference, but he might be better than we think. He still, you know what, regardless of all that, you still need to be able to set up and throw the football down the field. Correct. Regardless, if you can't block the guy in front of you, and I don't know if he would have to <laughs> he'd have to have a lot of hot reads, Mike, because I think that a four man rush is gonna be more than capable <laughs> of putting pressure on our quarterback with our offensive line. If you're defending, and we'll get into this later when we talk about the upcoming game, if you if you're the Ravens coming in, you're like, you know what, guys, let's just uh 
let's just drop seven guys in the coverage and see if these four guys up front can't, you know, can't put enough pressure on the quarterback with the offensive line that they're throwing yeah, out there. Do a twist us. and see yeah. which one trips. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm going, I'm going, <laughs> if, if I'm defending them, that's the way I'm starting the game. Now, if they do a decent job and we're completing passes downfield, maybe you change your strategy a little bit, but I'm trying to get, you know, pressure on them with just a four man rush. Yeah, one thing we know is Baltimore knows how to play defense. Yeah, they, absolutely. You know, they're, they're outstanding. They've, yeah. they've been outstanding for years and I don't see them doing anything differently in regard to, uh, you know, how they approach games. They're always, always well-prepared for offenses. No question about it. Hey, guys, I wanted to break in here real quick just to ask a favor of you. On the app that you're listening on, uh, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit like, leave a, a comment on your thoughts of the show. And uh, if you didn't know, we do, we do run a Facebook group. Uh, it's Miami Dolphins number one. That's hashtag one. We talk uh, Dolphins football 24-7-365. We'd love to have you join us and share your thoughts. And uh, once again, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, Let's make it a habit. We'll see you next week. All right. So we might as well start talking about the Ravens since we sort of segued into it. Jim, what do you got to say there? (laughs) Put Jim back on. Yeah, you're going to plug me back in here after you guys have been hammering there. Uh, You know, you look at the team's on paper and you know Baltimore is a an established playoff team their defense has been top rated uh you know they are going with a relatively inexperienced quarterback now and Joe Flacco has moved on to Denver you know but you look at this team on our team on offense our offensive line is uh, at best a work in progress and you got to figure that Baltimore is going to have, you know, drool running out of the corners of their mouths and they're going <laughs> to they're going to figure on having a half a dozen sacks or something. Uh so it's going to be difficult for the Dolphins to have a lot of success on offense to me. I just I just don't see any miracles happening overnight and having our offensive line be able to stop the, you know, the defense from getting in there. So it's going to be rough. On the other side of the ball, I think our defense will be fairly solid. Uh, they're young. They're a bit inexperienced. But we've got a lot of playmakers on that side of the ball. We've got Wilkins. And uh, we've got... Is he a playmaker? Well, we're going to find we're out. Find we're going to find yeah. out. We so, right? uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we know he's good at stuffing the run. He's soaking up blocks. He's got good vision. Uh, you know, I see in a, in a couple of the uh, preseason games where you could see his head looking around the guy blocking him. He found the ball and he made the play. He made the stop. That's That vision is difficult to coach. If you engage your blocker and you don't find the ball, you're basically out of the play. Uh, but you got Minka, you got Baker, you got Xavier Howard, you got Eric Rowe that's playing well, you got the new the new linebacker Aguavin. These guys have all looked good. Looking forward to Ex- watching him. I really want to see what we have with that. Oh, gym. wouldn't it? Yeah, him and Baker in yeah. you know, at the linebacker position should be well, fun. Well, Baker we figure is going to be good, but this so this guy's a little bit of a mystery. So. Wouldn't it be great to have some linebackers that we actually fell in love with? Yes. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been forever and ever since Zach Thomas left us, and we've ha- yeah. we've had a drought ever since. And uh, yeah. well, you know, we we've always said you build a defense through the middle, and and you look now. You've got Wilkins now in the middle. You've got Gotchow in the yep. middle. You got uh, 
this kid in the middle and the, the linebacker, and you've got Minka back in the backfield. Yeah, so yeah. you know the you know they're doing it. They're 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 getting a core together, and it's fun. Yeah, and uh, we talk about quarterback on offense. Well, who's the quarterback of the defense? You know that. Well, it's going to be Baker. Yeah, exactly. That linebacker, you got to have that guy that's that's got the it factor, and we just haven't had anybody that the light's been on very good there. So I'm looking forward yeah, no. to see what that defense can do against Me too. against these Ravens. Me too. For such for a team that's projected to win three games, four games, I think the defense is going to give them a shot to win more than yep. that. I think so. I think they they'll match up pretty good against this particular offense. You know, they've just got to uh, contain the quarterback over there, and I think they'll be fine. I mean, you look at their offensive players at the skill positions, and there's nobody that, you know, just forget it. We're not going to have a chance at covering him. We're not going to chance it. We're not going to have a chance at stopping him running the football. They're good players. Mark Ingram's a very solid player. They have some solid receivers, but they're not over-the-top guys. So I think we're going to match up well against their offense. On the other side of the football is is where I think we're going to struggle, like Jim said. I think we're going to have to come up with a very, very interesting, interesting game plan in order to So how to would you attack that game. defense? I, you know... You have to swing the ball out. You got to get rid of the ball quick, a lot like what New England does on a week to week basis. You've got to get the ball in the flats to some of the running backs, maybe the tight ends, and even some, you know, some of the uh, receivers, you know, just quick outs, quick slants. Uh, Fitzpatrick can coordinate that. And then maybe, you know, throw a ball down the field every once in a while. You know, is this the game we discover what Kaseki's all about? I don't I don't know Mike. I you know again it's it's going to be extremely hard to evaluate a lot of these guys on offense because it all comes down to how much time the quarterback is going to have to throw the football. You can't if they let's say they call 30 pass plays in a given game Mike and on 20 of them the quarterback's pressured to a point where he just couldn't get the ball down the field. It makes it very difficult to evaluate a guy like a Jacecki, a guy like Preston Williams. Uh, that's going to affect us. And, you know, that's why it's so important that at some point they, they get a solid, solid offensive line together because I think it's going to be difficult to evaluate any of these young players. It, it's going to be a struggle. I don't know if we're going to see it. I really well, don't. Well, I got to tell you guys, you mentioned some. One of you guys mentioned it earlier. I think it was you, Lou. You know, you got to do that quick slant pass. Now, right. this is something that we see teams kill us with yes. week in and week out, and we have not yep. had a quarterback or a coaching staff or whatever you want to call it that can execute a friggin' slant pass. It's it's, it's there on it. It's almost impossible to defend. Well, the slants and the quick outs, it's the same thing. Exactly. Yes. These, yes. these are passes we've been looking for. for and it's screen passes, screen plays. I don't remember. Well, I could count on my two hands how many screen plays. Well, the screen plays are fine if you mix them in. But when right. it's choreographed and it looks the same every time, and they know you can't complete a quick slant anywhere. You know, these defensive coordinators, they're smart. They know what's going on. They watch the film. They're not going to try the quick slant because they can't do it. And then when they do their screens, we're just going to snuff it. So, it, you know, they, you need to be diverse on offense. If you, if you can't do A, B, and C and you're stuck with D, 
I mean, well, it's just look, not you, you've got to you've got to be able to do the fundamentals. And to me, a, a quick slant and a down and out those those are fundamentals. Those are basic football plays. Any team should be able to yes. execute at any time. Yes, and you have to have a quarterback that recognizes that there's one on one in the slot to where, or one on one on the outside right. to where, if you throw a slant, it's impossible to for the defensive back to you know to cover that we haven't had a quarterback here that that would ever recognize that i mean you give you, a slot receiver see? a two-way go either oh, slant out or slant in you just know whichever simple. way yes man the just... man third and four man to man. i mean it over and over and over again so you know th- th- this is the thing about fitzpatrick and getting back to him is that yep. he does know how to execute mike you brought up yep. a really good point in regard to execution and he's a guy that's been executing all types of plays for years. So going into this game, you want to see him out there. You don't want to throw Rosen into this situation. You just don't. Let the offensive line, we just got we just got our left tackle in two days ago. Is that right? When did he <laughs> when was his first practice? Was it on Tuesday? Tuesday, Tuesday right. Yeah. So He's going to have three practices and a walkthrough or four practices and a walkthrough. Um, You know, it's going to be a struggle. They may may put Davis at left tackle. They don't know what they're doing yet. Or if they know, they're not saying. Well, they better decide soon. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. No, 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 no. Yes. So, So Lou, Lou, what's your projected score of the game? Uh, Like 21 to 10. I, I think it's going to be a, a low, low-scoring game. I don't think we're going to. So we get our home. first one at home. No, Mike, we're oh. losing twenty-one <laughs> to ten, wise guy. I wish, I wish. I, I think that our defense is going to keep us in the game. They're going to get the ball back to the offense, but I just think it's going to be a struggle initially. Now, as the season progresses and they solidify which five starters they're going to have out there on the offensive line across the board, I think we're going to be a better team. But early on, until you know we start you know getting that cohesiveness among the offensive linemen, I think early on it's going to be a struggle. Whoever plays us early is going to be, you know, it, it's going to be a better situation. Um, as the season progresses, we have enough talent on offense to where we should be able to move the ball. Again, it comes down to the amount of time. And, you know, we, we, we haven't even talked about the running. You know, we have to run block as well. I mean, you can't just throw the ball 50 times a game. I don't think they plan on it. I don't think they plan on it either. So, you know, they're going to have to get positive yards on first, second down running the football. They're going to have to get three to four yards, maybe, you know, even more. You know, so if they're able to run the football somewhat, obviously it's going to be a benefit. You know, it's going to be a benefit in regard to once we start throwing the ball. But you know, how could you not think that it's going to be a struggle for us? You know, in this game, you, you just couldn't. I mean, let's hope they surprise us. But I don't see it. You mean you want them to win on first, second, and third down? Well, you know, that's that's the only way you're going to win the football game. I don't I of course I want them to do that, Jim, but you know, what I want and what we're actually going to see are going to be two different things and uh, what I want to see is a team be competitive. That's what I'm looking agreed, to see. Agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. You want to see guys Go out there, don't embarrass yourself. 
You know, you, you want to see, Mike, you mentioned Jacecki. You want to see Jacecki make a great play down the field. You want to see Fitzpatrick under pressure throw a ball to, to Jacecki down the field. You want to see Preston Williams and Devontae Parker come up with plays when they're called upon. You want to see Drake get what's out in front of him. Right. You want to see Dieter blocking. You know, yes. you want to see some of these other young offensive linemen blocking, giving us holes to run the football, giving us time to throw the football. That's what you want to see. And, um, you know, and if something goes bad early, you don't want the team going in a tank. You want them out there and, and, you know, giving it their all and getting back into the game. And we want to see them prepared. We don't want to see them, you know, Good shooting point. themselves in the foot. Yep. You don't want to see them. Okay. If you get bit, we talked about this before in earlier podcasts. If you get beat because the other team is better than you, then so be it. But, you don't want to get beat when you're committing 15 penalties. You know, that's right. what we don't want to see. We want right. to see. Or you're, you're mismanaging the clock or you're doing exactly. any one of a number of things that show you're undisciplined. We want to see a disciplined football team out there that, that understands what they're supposed to be doing on both sides. You know, we talked about how much more talent, you know, we have in regard to the defensive side of the football and how much better they've been playing. But now the question becomes, are they going to go out there and execute it against a, a team in a, in a real NFL football game as a group? That's what they have to do. They have to be in position to where they're covering guys. They have to contain the quarterback who runs like a deer. I mean, the guy's incredible. So they have to put themselves in that position to where they keep themselves in the game. If this guy takes off and he's running for 20, 30 yards every time a play breaks down, it's going to be a long day for us. I mean, we watched this last year when we played Buffalo with Josh Allen. Yep. They were not able to sure contain did. him. You had Kiki, Kiko, Kiki, whatever, <laughs> running all over the field behind him. You know, he spun him around on that one play. I mean, you know, you have to, you have to play a more disciplined type of football and you have to get the other team off the field. And you're absolutely right, right Mike. That's what we want to see. We want to see a disciplined team, and we want to see them progressing as the season goes forward. So That's it. As far as a prediction, guys, I'll give you one. And it's I'm with you guys. I don't see how we win this game. I just don't think they've had enough time. Uh, you know, with the new additions, getting everybody, you know, on the same page and uh, efficient. So, for that reason, you have to go with Baltimore, and I probably would have anyway. But uh, I think that you know we'll be we'll be lucky to score seventeen points, and I think uh, Baltimore should be able to score twenty eight. And what, Jim? Did you give us a score? I haven't yet. I'm thinking our defense. <laughs> I'm thinking our defense is going to play fairly well if we can control Lamar Jackson, like we've been talking about. Uh, I think we can keep the you know the points to about twenty. But we're going to struggle to get in the end zone at all. So I I see this as being closer than we think, but it's going to be Baltimore twenty to thirteen. Okay, there you go. Yeah, that's that's the issue I have too. I would take that. I would take that. I'd be happy with it. You know, the I think that we're going to wind up giving the ball back to them quite yeah. often, and eventually, when thinking. you do that, there are there are going to be breakdowns from time to time. Now, yep. if we can control the football on on drives and you know have the uh you know the amount of time the possession of the possession of the football 
closer than what we think it's going to be, then it can definitely be that a lot. That can change a it game. Can, it can be a one-score game, Jim. There's no question about it because I, I have enough confidence in our defense to keep this game close. It's on the other side of the football where I think we're going to struggle and we're going to constantly be giving Baltimore the ball back. And, you know, eventually that tends to hurt your defense. It tends yes. to hurt them, yep. right? If they're on the field the whole day, it's going to be hot. I can tell you that much. It's going to be, I think, 90 on Sunday. Yep. So yep. it's not going to be fun out there. The Ravens are going to have a hard time of it as hey, well. The, the so. good thing is it won't be humid, though, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not in South Florida. <laughs> no, never, never down here. It's never, never humid down here. No way. All right, guys. I mean, we we could talk all night, I'm sure, but I think uh, we've covered what we need to cover. I do want to remind everyone that uh, uh, Monday we're going to come back. We're going to have another podcast, and uh, this time Lou and I will dissect Sunday's game. We'll then come back on uh, Wednesday night, and uh, we'll do the show that you're used to listening to uh, that we've been recording on Tuesdays. We'll now record it on Wednesdays. So, I hope you guys will keep listening. Um, Gentlemen, thanks for joining me. Pleasure. It's been a hectic week, man. I don't want no more hurricanes this season. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. Especially, you know, right before the football season starts. I'm telling you. you. You know, we've got to go out and get our new gear and, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, we've got to get our fantasy teams in order and... This hurricane stuff was just yeah, uh, horrible, know. right? Thank God. Thank God, Mike, we're able to broadcast. You know, that's crazy. All, you yeah, know, crazy. I mean, it's great. It could have been a lot worse for us down here. Jim Absolutely. Would have, Jim would have had to uh, take the show over alone. Yeah, I would, you know? yeah. I would have been. He may have liked that, actually. I would have been doing it by myself, yeah. <laughs> but uh, while I got the air here, you know, I, I am happy that the storm didn't get uh, Florida too bad, and I hope everybody's safe down there. And, you know, best, best wishes to everybody down in the Bahamas that I mean they got that storm just sat right on them and and that's brutal and uh you know just best wishes for you know the best possible outcome down there and everybody up the eastern seaboard let's hope they're uh, okay and uh, nothing too tragic happens along there amen all right guys fins up fins up let's go Dolphins. fins up week one all right, so that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the FinFans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. 